Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. What up, B? Not much. Packing, getting ready to get out of this country. <laughs> Moving on up. <laughs> yeah, literally. Literally. North. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just uh, exhausted, tired, lots to do. Um, it's not that big of a deal because we're only going for a little while to kind of set things up and then come back here, and that'll be the big push. But uh, it's it's pretty tiring and trying to get stuff set up. As, uh, it's good to know that uh, even if you change countries, some things remain the same. Um, we were supposed to have our internet set up yesterday our my sister-in-law kindly offered to be there for the window and of course they came and set things up and she's testing it and it didn't work so they Go have figure. to come back <laughs> yeah so kind of need that when we arrive because we've got uh 14 days of self-quarantine that we have to do yeah you kind of gotta have that yeah <laughs> rocking and rolling <laughs> So that's a good time. Uh, I saw this this week, uh, the clever URL, meal-delivery-lawsuits.com. And it says, have you paid a meal service delivery free in California recently? It's a class action lawsuit. But uh, for whatever reason, I I filled it out and I wasn't eligible, although I should be. I should probably look into that. But as I always say, it is our duty to try and get these pennies from these companies. Unless meal-delivery-lawsuits is just a scam to get you to put in some PIA. Maybe. uh, (laughs) But uh, I did Google it, so it seems legit. Okay. Yeah. Seems legit. With with an SEO title like that, Uh, I mean, how can it not be? Well, you know, they all have that these days. And uh, related, I did see uh, an amazing tweet this week, and uh, since the election is upon us, Uber, Lyft, and Postmates can't afford to pay for healthcare for their workers, and that's why they spent $180 million to let us know about it. Hashtag no on Prop 22. Yeah, it's uh I'm I'm sure that thing's going to go through though. They they've that 180 million dollars has bought them a lot of ads. It has, but I've seen a few articles saying that it's not working on California voters. Apparently, polling is showing that uh, we're wise to these shenanigans these days. Well, that's good. I've I've been seeing a couple uh no on 22 coming through and there was one with uh, Gloria Allred that I saw yesterday. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> bringing out the guns." Yep. Spending so. uh, spending our pennies to their millions. Exactly. So I did go to meal-delivery-lawsuits.com and filled in the information. And uh, yep, I got the same notice. No go for me. No bueno. And the whole point of this is about Uber, Uber Eats, Mm -hmm. and how that they were, uh, it's basically discrimination because they were saying that, you know, if you have a black owned business, we're going to, we're going to waive the delivery fee. But you know, if you are another minority, well, then (laughs) your your patrons are still going to have to pay full freight, which Got him in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Got to apply the rules equally. In the news. Well, our Pakistani listeners will be rejoicing and they get to enjoy their 30 second videos again. TikTok is back following its ban due to unlawful content. Uh, Pakistan is removing its ban on TikTok with some conditions. The country's telecommunication authority has cleared the social video app after they promised that they would moderate clips in step with Pakistani societal norms and laws. And uh, people who routinely upload unlawful content will face bans. It's not clear just what content is newly off limits. 
So, you know, typical normal confusion. Here's some rules. We're not sure what the rules are. And it's Pakistan, so basically everything is, you know, <laughs> off limits. Pretty much, yeah. But the interesting thing is that uh, I, the initial push and the initial push back from TikTok was that they didn't want to pay for the moderators and higher up. And they said, well, you police it, but uh, TikTok has agreed to do the policing. So we'll see how well that goes. Mm -hmm. We'll have uh, Filipinos uh, monitoring Pakistani content. What a world. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it'd, be, it would, it'd be more ironic if they outsourced it to India, though. That would be, actually. We ban it all. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Talk about a negative feedback loop if yeah. you ever saw one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, staying on the international tip, China has revamped its laws banning online services that induce addiction in kids. This is not uh, particularly new. China's been looking into exploring the ethics of game addiction, and developers like Tencent have already put checks in place. However, this this is an explicit ban on addictive content that could force sites and game creators to put checks in place to be safe, even if they're not convinced kids will be hooked. So this will mostly affect China-focused digital goods, but obviously this has a knockdown effect because why make multiple versions of things? So you'll probably just back it into everything. Yeah, I mean, so what, they're just going to turn off the internet? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, game creators, live stream services, and social networks will also have to set up time and consumption limits. So basically it's going to put timer... And uh, and bandwidth um, limits on 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 kids, I guess. So this will take effect on June first, twenty twenty one. So we've got you got some time, kids. Get it in while you can. <laughs> take that last hit. Yeah. <laughs> now I saw this one, and I I just thought of thought of us. Obviously, it's uh, nightmarish stories from the flatmates of Instagram influencers. Hold on a second. I, I thought all these uh, in Instagram influencers were making uh, dollars to donuts. We're, 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 we're taking money baths. Why do they have roommates? Exactly. Well, that's hmm. point one. <laughs> point one is that they lie a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're pretty funny stories. There's, there's one story in there that's just like, ah, you know, I got some free makeup and my roommate was okay. And I turned into her photographer and all this stuff. But the uh, most of them were just like, yeah, my roommate's a knob. He's an influencer. <laughs> and he lies a lot and scams people out of a lot of stuff. Right. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. much it. Everything that we thought it was, it turns it out It actually is. Yeah. yeah. Shocking. <laughs> uh, and EU is now looking into Instagram and how they've been handling kids' data. So kid being, I guess, in the EU 16 and under. Uh, this action by Ireland's Data Protection Commission, reported earlier by The Telegraph, comes more than a year after a U.S. data scientist reported concerns to Instagram that its platform was leaking contact information of minors. Uh, now, this one, I'm not so sure about. Um, they're, they're talking about there's multiple vectors, but the one that they're really talking about and going after here is they found that children who changed their Instagram Instagram account settings to a business account had their contact info, such as email address and phone number, displayed unmasked via the platform. And they are arguing that millions of children had had their contact information exposed as a result of how this Instagram feature functions. Now, Instagram slash Facebook is saying, look, we tell you if you switch to a business account, all that information becomes public. So that's on them. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know why a kid is switching their account to a business account anyways. Oh, because you get to, I think you get, you know, some fun little things like you get to change your handle to, you know, like a public persona or things like that. Because uh -huh. mm -hmm. that's what I am now. Like I'm, I have some kind of public you're a, persona. Because you're an influencer and your roommate right. hates you. <laughs> well, kind of. There we go. <laughs> it's really hard to switch back from a business account too. Once you go, once, once you go you business, go <laughs> you, yeah, it's too early for this. <laughs> I know, I know. Because uh, I tried to like, oh, but you're going to lose this, 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 and this. I'm like, do I really give a shit? No. Do uh -huh. I really care if I, I'm business or not? 
Nah, not really. (laughs) The only thing that I would like to turn off is that uh, you get these ads. It's like, this post is doing better than 98% of everything you've posted in the history of the universe. Would you like to boost it? I'm like, why would I want to boost it? It's actually doing pretty good by itself, you dumb shit. Yeah, and by the the way, (laughs) as I pointed out to you multiple times, because we get that on the Grumpy Old Geeks Instagram, uh, we get that notification constantly. uh, It's never true. Those posts aren't doing like 99% better than other posts. I mean, I can look at the stats and see, no, it's it's not. You're just trying to get money out of me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not going to post the pictures. I'm not going to pay you to boost the pictures of my dogs eating lettuce. <laughs> you know, it's funny and it stands alone on its own as a, a, a piece of artwork, but yes. I'm not going to pay for it. Damn yes, it. and we are not paying to boost the memes that we post to promote our, our podcast because we know it's not actually going to convert into new listeners. Exactly. It's you know you're talking to your audience already. Mm-hmm. So we do it. We do it for you, the listener. We don't do it to uh, for anything else. Obviously, no, no. In fact, we're not sure why we're doing it for you either. <laughs> <laughs> some days, some days that's true. Now, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop oh, story. Christ, I've been going through it trying to figure out what the hell's been going on. And uh, I've got a couple links in the show notes if you really want to dive into it. But what it really comes down to is the best article that I've found so far is the Vice article called We Are Collectively Losing Touch with Reality and It's Extremely (laughs) Obvious. That's a genius headline. Uh, 2020 summed up in a headline. Yes. And if you read the article, it, it, you know, it, it. Bullet points everything that happened and how it's how it's crazy. And then you get to the the end where it kind of sums things up. And it's the I love these little uh, subheadlines: fucked up and or weird shit about this story. Subheading: negligence related. <laughs> fucked up and or weird shit about this story. Creepy related. Then it keeps going on. FBI related. Alleged FBI incompetence that does not pass the smell test related. And it just keeps going. It's right. like if you if you want to figure out what the hell's going on with this Hunter Biden possible laptop story which probably didn't even happen and it was all made up by steve bannon and his crew uh yeah go check it out and then oh there was one other one there that uh also sums up the internet and uh, (laughs) it comes down to our good friends at twitter and it is twitter does what it's best at making it worse (laughs) perfect yes way to sum it up vice Yes. Well, what they uh, what the social medias did, Facebook and Twitter, was they tried to uh, slow the spread uh, of this uh, what is increasingly seeming to be fake news, uh, made up story that uh, got posted around a lot. And of course, uh, conservatives are up in arms about this because they feel that once again, uh, social media is censoring the conservative viewpoint. Now, we've been talking about that specific thing for quite some time now years yes um, called and, bullshit on it and for study years. after study after study after study has come out and said there is absolutely no basis in fact that conservative voices are being silenced at all in any way shape or form on social media now gizmodo <laughs> wait for that other shoe to drop let's wait for that other shoe to drop because this story came out this week with zuckerberg's blessing facebook quietly stymied traffic to left-leaning news outlets now so we've had conservatives complaining that they have been had the, having their voices silenced and squashed on social media for a long time we know that that is not true now what we have learned is facebook tweaked its newsfeed algorithm in 2017 to reduce the visibility of political news and they have intentionally decided to impact left-leaning outlets, effectively choking off their traffic in the process. (laughs) So, just to be clear here, in order to not anger conservatives for the supposed bias against right-wing news, which has repeatedly 
been shown not to exist at all in study after study, Facebook actually did create a bias against left-leaning news. You just can't make that shit up. You, you can't make it up. And this, my friend, <laughs> and I'm going to speak briefly with my left-leaning political hat, this is why we lose. Because yep. the right makes up shit, people believe it, they stick to their guns, and the left gets fucked. Pretty Dang. much you summed it up. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to just straight up tech news here. Uh, this was <laughs> yeah. this is interesting, and, and I saw this coming for quite some time, and I've been waiting for the other shoe to drop, as we like to say here, and for uh, for the tech companies to start uh, actually pushing for this. So working with for workers for big tech companies in the Bay Area who are relocating to work remotely, or the LA area, we all know, people, or New York, all the major metropolises that have tech workers, they're all moving because they've basically been told, you do not have to come back to an office anytime soon. And why stay in a tiny apartment that costs more than God's own rent uh, if you don't have to? And and all of the bonuses of living in the city, the, the eating out, the friends, the shows, all of that, gone with coronavirus. So a lot of people have left, and they've gone somewhere else where it's a lot more affordable to live, and you can enjoy the outdoors and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but they've taken their paychecks with them. They're very, very high paychecks, and companies have started to go, hang on a second. Why am I paying you San Francisco rates when you're living in Akron, Ohio? I'm gonna because have- I'm giving you San Francisco talent, maybe. Well, that is an argument. That, of course, is an argument. But uh, they're starting to look into that and change it. Uh, letting a worker take a San Francisco salary to Wyoming could be considered unfair to present and future remote hires in cheaper cities who might receive a lower wage. There's that idea. Uh, payment company Stripe Inc. has started offering employees leaving San Francisco, New York, or Seattle one-time relocation bonuses of $20,000, but they will have to take a pay cut of as much as 10%. Uh, employees at VMware Inc., a cloud software provider moving from the Bay Area to Denver, could mean a cut of as much as 18%. Uh, Twitter says it is going to look into competitive approaches to pay localization. There is pay localization. It exists. Hiring consultants and headhunters are resisting the notion employees should be paid less to do the same job, even if the work is done from a lower cost location. Um, And, uh, you know, basically uh, people are kind of saying, no, that's not fair. But what they've discovered in a survey by Blind, we've talked about them before. That's the platform for employees to basically bitch about their jobs anonymously. (laughs) Uh, Bitchandmoan.com. Found that of the more than 5,500 workers nationwide, 44% would be open to a pay cut if moving to a city with a lower cost of living, while 48% said they wouldn't be. So seems that uh, employees are kind of okay with it for the most part, or at least half part. Yeah. See, I, there, there's one there's one way that these uh, companies could actually do this, and it would probably be okay. Because, uh, so yeah, people are moving out of the office. They're not going to have these big fancy office buildings anymore, which means they're going to lose all their tax breaks from all the different cities. Mm-hmm. And those tax breaks help pay for all of these employees because the employees live in the city and the city gets the benefit of you know their dollars into the economy, yep. the local economy. Well, if those tax breaks are gone because there's no office, then you know, then I can see the the actual use case for saying that, hey, look, we you know, it costs us more to actually hire you now because we have to pay more for these offices and we lost all of our tax breaks because you live in, you know, Podunk BFE now. That I can see as an actual case. This hasn't happened yet, though. So they're just, I can, they're like, hey, Joe's not, he doesn't have to spend as much on, you know, going to Nobu every day. So let's just knock him back so he gets Panda Express money now. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, regardless, they're going to find a way to do this. Companies will, of course. So uh, prepare yourself if you're a tech worker that's relocated. Your, your salary is going to go down, but 
hey, cost of living is cheaper. So it evens out, right? That's the theory. (laughs) Or you could stick it out wherever you're at when let everybody else leave and let the cost of living go down somewhat where you're at. And then you come out ahead and you don't even have to move. Hmm. There's that. It's a possibility. It's probably not going to (laughs) fly. All the restaurants are going to be closed down. So you're going to have to drive 20 miles outside of town anyway, just to go grocery shopping. (laughs) I was about to say my main street has been decimated. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And uh, YouTube, the mm. tube of the U. Yes, they are. Uh, they're laying down the hammer now on the old QAnon. Good. Yeah, yeah. Would have been nice if you'd done it a little sooner. Yeah, we got two yeah. weeks. They're like everybody. Everybody's like, we're going to do all this stuff by the election. I'm like, you do know how this works, right? People, <laughs> I, I, I actually just got a text from the city of Los Angeles. Would you like to hear what it says, Brian? Sure. This is a message from Los Angeles County Registrar of Voters. Your ballot for the 2020 general election was received and will be counted. Thank you for voting. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, I, YouTube. <laughs> I got that. Uh, I got that notice two weeks ago. Uh, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, if only YouTube had taken QAnon down earlier, I wouldn't have voted for Trump. Oh, I know. I know. What you going to do? What you going to do? <laughs> so, yeah. When Pizzagate <laughs> comes for you. <laughs> when Pizzagate comes for you. <laughs> Oh God! So yeah, they've. Uh, they, I mean, they've been working at it for a while, but now they said they're really putting the, you know, the nose to the grindstone. Yeah, a little bit too late, guys. A little bit too late. Are you hungry? I am. Which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouth-watering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie-smart keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, Factors got you covered. And there's more. Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factors chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need, whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. In Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. 
Head to Factormeals.com slash Grumpy50 and use code Grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code Grumpy50 at Factormeals.com slash Grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. Delete Me scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and use promo code G-O-G at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and enter code G-O-G at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Security? Ha! Once more with feeling, we've got Dave Bittner again. Dave from the CyberWire podcast. He's also the host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, as well as the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy as well as surveillance and privacy. It's been a long road, Dave. Am I, am I keeping you from something? Like No, no. <laughs> so once, once more with feeling, what's, uh, <laughs> you, there's a certain amount of resignation in your voice there. What, uh, no, the show must go on. We're doing it again. We're doing it one ah, more time. I see. Okay. Yes. All right. Very good. Very good. I, I just misinterpreted it you there. Know, yes. Dave, yeah. Dave, Dave is not a, a big follower on our Discord channel. He did make his grand appearance to get rid of the uh, try to get Dave to join discord channel channel so <laughs> yes uh, but he's he's probably not aware of what you are speaking of um, yes so uh uh fan of the show desiree found this little nugget and posted it to discord and this would be dave's first appearance on the show which was june 17th 2016 in a huh. time a time long ago before we were encumbered with president trump wow <laughs> but yeah. he was coming we yeah. were, <laughs> he it was, was in the post. Right-eyed. Yeah. Mm, gosh. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't seem like that. I mean, I get, yeah, it's a while. It seems like both just yesterday and (laughs) 7,000 years ago. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's funny. There's a there is a picture of you, Dave, in the show notes for this episode, and you look so bright eyed and bushy tailed. Uh, yes, bushy tailed, yes, probably yes. not the most appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> That's before well, anybody knew I was bushy tailed. Exactly, he was very bushy tailed. <laughs> Least of all me, I didn't. I wasn't aware that I was someday I was going to be bushy tailed. And uh, yes, before the. Weight of the world crushed my spirit. Uh, now that's something Desiree can find uh, the first time that we brought up furries on the show. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 There's nothing more that a, that a listener likes than to be given homework. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We're saving that for the retrospective of uh, when Dave nice. finally gets tired of us and leaves the show. <laughs> retrospective. I like that. I like uh, that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, credit to Andy Preboy for that one. He he titled his uh, his his final tour that so. Nice. I cannot. I cannot claim. Uh, I cannot claim uh, that one for me. But uh, yeah, if people do want to check out the Discord channel, go to gog.show/discord because I know some people were asking about it. But uh, I pop yeah. in from time to time when I see when I get an alert on my phone that someone has mentioned me. It's a reminder, <laughs> but it's not yet a habit for me to go checking in there yet. Well, it will be now because now that you've mentioned it, you're going to get mentions on Discord all the time because they know <laughs> you will now be aware of them. Right. <laughs> right. And people know. How to you, get me now? You, you do know yes. how this internet thing works, don't you, Dave? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Quick to the bit signal. Yeah. Once again, I've said too much. Oh, now I need a bit signal uh, graphic. Somebody get yeah, on. That's that. a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. And we got a little breaking news that we didn't get to at the top of the show, so I thought I would uh, encumber this segment with it, which I thought mm. it was pretty funny. Uh, one of Joe Rogan's staff has tested positive for COVID-19, which means that, oh, Yeezy will not get to be on the show this week. They have canceled all their shows. Sad Christmas. Sad Yeezy. Hmm. Yeah, this has uh, zero impact on my life as I never listen to them anyways. What's a Yeezy? Uh, that would be Kanye West. <laughs> Kanye West. Uh, That's one of his one of his many names. Uh, not the one he okay. went with on the vice presidential ticket here in California. But uh, yes, I see. All right. See Much like the devil, Yeezy has many names. You can see how I'm plugged into the pulse of uh, pop culture everywhere here. Yeah. Yeezy bub. Yeah, I was going to say BL's a Yeezy. Uh, show hmm. title. There you go. Try and spell that one. Wasn't that uh, George Jefferson's nickname for his wife on the Jefferson? Wheezy. Oh, no, that was was Wheezy. 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 (laughs) Uh, Great theme song. It is. We've used it five times this episode already. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yes, because Brian is actually moving on up to Canada. That's right. Mm -hmm. Sad times. Yeah, well, Not like know, I see him anyway. <laughs> exactly. What, what difference has it made over the last seven months? And let's be honest, probably another year. Yeah. Well, we fi- we figured out that being in the same room to do a show really sucks because we're uncomfortable. I'm like, I got to look at you? Shit. I don't want to see <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you think he feels? Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> mm. So how's things going over there on the EC? You guys uh, weathering the COVID? 
Yeah, um, I, you know, from the get go, the uh, Maryland has done comparatively well, um, despite the fact that we have a, a Republican governor. We have uh, a Democratic. Uh, rest of our government majority. So uh, I think our governor is very practical when it comes to that reality. And so he's taken a, an evidence-based approach to all of this and that has served us well. Um, uh, but like a lot of states, you know, our numbers have, are ticking up. They're not – It's it, it, we're by no means out of the woods yet. But um, uh, it hasn't been – certainly we're not in any sort of gloom and doom situation here. But it just i'd say we're we're uh, treading water right all right well if you'd like you can come to los angeles where it is a category 5 shitstorm <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll get right on that yeah, get on an sure. airplane and go there <laughs> yeah speaking of airplanes british airways has been hit with the uk's uh, biggest fine for a data breach so far 20 million pounds. It was originally going to be 183 million pounds, but it turns out that they just don't have it anymore because nobody's getting on an airplane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was an interesting part of all this was I think some people were complaining that this would be a slap on the wrist to a company the size of British Airways. But people responded and said, no, at the moment, 20 million pounds is actually a big chunk of change for them because like all airlines, as you say, they're – they're just bleeding money right now, so they, this is – it's not kicking them when they're down because they've, they've uh, earned this, um, this fine. But mm -hmm. uh, I guess it's adding insult to injury is probably a better way to say it. Yeah, all they got to do is sell one or two of those uh, 747s that they just mothballed moth from their entire fleet, and uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be okay. Well, the yeah, problem is finding buying? a buyer. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All the right, airlines the official are air, the official uh, <laughs> aircraft of grumpy old geeks. Make them an offer. I think Zuckerberg's probably buying them up so we could have Facebook Air when uh, this is all over with. Mm. Great. Well, in yeah. that case, there will be no fines for uh, for leaking data because you know you just give it away for free. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. true. That's yeah. true. Good old Barnes and Noble has done just that, and uh, well, yeah, they I. I a friend of the show, MXV, who is still recovering from COVID, sent me this one in a panic. And I'm like, wait, your Barnes & Noble account was hacked. So when was, the, hey, when was the last time you used it? I mean, like, okay, so they got an expired credit card in your email address? The most shocking thing about this story mm. to me was that there's still a Barnes & Noble. I, I was not actually aware of that. All the one, I used to frequent Barnes. I actually worked at Barnes & Noble in high school. Uh, yeah. And I frequented Barnes & Noble when there were still physical bookstores. We had quite a few around me, and it was probably my favorite uh, big chain bookstore. Um, but they've all closed many, many moons ago. I, 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 knew, I was vaguely aware that they were still an online thing, but uh, that was about it, really. And I didn't even know yeah. that they still made nooks. Yeah, the nook is still a thing. Hmm. When our offices were back in, in Baltimore in the Inner Harbor, um, we had a Barnes & Noble basically in our building. And uh, it was a cool Barnes & Noble. It was built into this old power plant, the, the power plant in, in uh, Baltimore's Inner Harbor, which is a, an iconic building. It's where the Hard Rock Cafe is. So there's a big uh, guitar on the smokestacks of the power plant. But Barnes & Noble were, were in there as well. And uh, yeah, it was just a fun place to go in and browse around and mm. see what was new. They had all kinds of fun little knickknacks and gadgets and all sorts of things. Uh, actually, yep. my sister worked for Barnes & Noble for a few years. But uh, that I believe that Baltimore Harbor store is closed now. And um, <laughs> yeah, things are not headed in a good direction for them either. Nope. Nope. So a crook shut down the nook. 
And all all three people were upset. That's about it. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Well, but you know what? If if we want to actually talk about um, what the potential impact of something like this is, if we want to be serious for a moment, um, yeah, let's, let's get this, serious. I know this is an example where if you're someone who is still reusing passwords or using passwords, if even if you haven't used. Uh, anything at Barnes and Noble in a while. If you are someone who reuses passwords, then even an old password on Barnes and Noble could be a problem for you. So um, the point is, go in you know once a year and uh, just go in and change all your passwords. Use a password manager. Make them random strings of characters that, so that you don't even know. If you're following, um, say Donald, Donald Trump's idea of what passwords are, then yes. you should probably be changing them. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. funny. There is actually an open Barnes and Noble about two and a half miles from my house in the land of the Kardashians in Calabasas, what? believe oh, it or nice. not, where, where nobody knows how to read. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so I found a story and the headline extremely excited me initially. And then I unfortunately read the story and it wasn't quite what I was hoping it was be. And uh, they went to great lengths to point that out pretty quickly. Uh, the headline <laughs> being Chinese hackers impersonated McAfee to attack election campaign staffers. App 31, a group linked to China, impersonated McAfee, the antivirus software, not its indicted founder. Yeah. <laughs> in, a bid, <laughs> in a bid to trick campaign workers into installing malware. I just loved the idea of Chinese hackers trying to actually impersonate him, and I'm so disappointed that this isn't the story. Yeah, maybe that could be a, this year's hot <laughs> Halloween costume is uh, you know sexy John McAfee. You well, know. you just got to put a pair of panties over your head, right? That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wasn't he the one who said if uh, it was something he said if he was wrong about something? He it was the Bitcoin price, right? If he was hmm. if he didn't reach a certain point, he was going to cut off a certain his manly member and eat it on live TV. That would be a show. <laughs> <sighs> and, yeah. I, and the time has come and gone when he said he would do that. The price is not what it is. And, of course, it turns out he's a welcher. So he yes. did not. Well, uh, shocking. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, worry. the story is a tad bit more boring uh, in a bid to trick campaign workers into installing malware. So what they did was the software was a real copy stored in GitHub. The ploy would quietly install malware in the background if successful. The attack would let intruders run arbitrary commands as well as transfer files. So there you go. And mm -hmm. uh, this isn't the only thing that they've found recently. Researchers further linked China to a large scale spam network trying to influence the U.S. through YouTube videos, some from hijacked channels with clumsy translation and computer-generated voices, uh, and Google said it had disrupted that network, including the removal of more than 3,000 channels, and that didn't have any practical reach. So there you go. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, no, no real big effect. In other words, uh, don't be distracted by the fact that this story includes the words election in it. <laughs> Apparently, uh, yes. Yeah, there's, there's no real, this isn't affecting anything. They, they got it before it could, and it was, it was a pretty... Uh, low-level campaign, it seems, from, yes. from the get-go. From what I can tell, the whole point of the story is just to point out that uh, they are out there and doing this, and people are working on catching them. Yeah. It's amazing to me uh, that the that the McAfee brand name can survive <laughs> and still be strong enough on the antivirus side of things that it hasn't – that nobody at the board level have said, okay. Let's rebrand here. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> – <laughs> that they're you know that the founder is such a nut job i mean look they even rebranded uh miramax and weinstein's name wasn't even in the title yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, like, for example, any time that we mention uh, anything that John McAfee is up to on the it's, Cyberwire. It's never know, good. It, it's always – but it's always followed with um, – and we remind you that uh, John McAfee has not been with this software company that bears his name for decades. And today he's <laughs> wearing of- female panties on his face thinking that it will prevent COVID. So back to right, your regularly I mean, scheduled program. Right. Uh, just to be fair to all the good people who are working on, on the software side of things. But it really is remarkable that that name has survived all of his uh, his hijinks. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's like finding out Ronald McDonald was a murderer. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, he, he wasn't, just, you know, because we okay. try to okay. be on the up and up, on here and, and at least in this segment. <laughs> yeah. Jiminy. <laughs> I'm a little stunned from that one. <laughs> now, uh, this one, I this was one of those stories that we've covered similarly in the past, and this comes back to basically sound and fury meaning nothing. U.S. indicts Sandworm, Russia's most destructive cyber war unit. The spice and must flow. The spice must flow. <laughs> the one thing that will not flow are Russian nationals into our prison system because these guys are never going to get caught. Yeah. Well, yes, that is true. However, one thing this does do is greatly limit the, the places where these gentlemen can take vacations. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, and I mean, and, that, and that's a lifestyle hit for them. Uh, so that's something. North Korea is lovely this time of year, right? The, yeah. the 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 folks I've spoken to about this say that what this comes down to is that this is about the U.S. government saying in a very public way to the Russians that we are so deep inside of your network that we are willing to burn our sources to show you the things that we know. In other words, we have so many other sources that we're going to burn these and not even think twice about it. And and that's why they would do this in such a public way to – and also uh, as a message to our allies as well. So this is very much uh, – I don't know if saber rattling is the right word, but it's, it's, it's shooting up a, a big gold noisy flare to say – um, knock it off. You know, we, we are, we know what you're up to. Uh, if you don't know that we're in your networks, we are, we have these capabilities. Right. Um, so, and we're saying that loudly and proudly. Right. That makes sense. And that's, uh, kind of good to know for us. Yeah. 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 Although I have to now, say on, some... on the branding tip, uh, the naming the piece of malware to take down the 2018 winter Olympics, the Olympic destroyer, a little too on the nose. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd use a little subterfuge there. <laughs> right, yeah. right, 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 right. Now, listen, team. I want to know by the end of business today what what, what this, is this malware, malware possibly <laughs> what could it be being used for? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's good. That's good. Well, this next story I have in here, uh, Google has had not had a good day today. Um, we we're not we haven't been talking about uh, the fact that they got hit with a antitrust. Uh, yep. <laughs> did you guys talk about that earlier in the uh, show? No, because we we had been talking about it coming, and then it kind of broke, and we already had a, an awful lot of stuff in our show, so we didn't talk. About yeah, it. but uh, yeah, yeah it, well, they're getting hit with it. Yeah, there's plenty of time to, <laughs> to talk about that. Google is getting hit with an antitrust uh, lawsuit from the Department of Justice. Um, and then also today, this came out uh, that evidently there's a bug. Well, what, what Google <laughs> describes as a bug. 
um, which uh, remarkably, coincidentally, is also, from Google's point of view, a feature. Feature. A feature, which, exactly. <laughs> which is that if you set Chrome to auto-delete your cookies and site information every time you quit Chrome, it will do that for every site except Theirs. Google or YouTube, <laughs> yes. except their own. Yes. yes. So oh, they would still be able to track you. Then uh, that tracking would survive a reboot of the software um, in their own interest. Uh, Google yep. says that this is a bug, that they will be addressing it in the coming days. Uh, they did not say how long <laughs> it's been there. Uh, evidently, this gentleman named Jeff Johnson was the first one to spot the bug, so he gets credit for that. Um, you know, this kind of goes back to what we were saying last week about my exasperation with the fact that it just seems like th- this lack of good faith on anyone's part that when this bug, quote, unquote, bug mm-hmm. uh, is draw- is brought to Google's attention that, oh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll have the fix out in a couple of days. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, right, right. right. We, we yeah. knew that was coming. <laughs> maybe maybe should so. never have been there. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So this last one I put in here, uh, this is a story from the BBC, and what struck me about it was the understated nature of the BBC. Um, the story here is that evidently on some uh, Telegram channels, uh, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. are using this software that was uh, put out. It was the Deep Nude software that was put out a while ago. It's been yep. it got it got sold, it got repackaged. People are reusing it. And there is concern because hundreds of thousands of images have been run through it. Um, what I love is the understated way the BBC says, the BBC has tested the software and received poor results. You got you to imagine David Attenborough saying that. Right. <laughs> I, I, you know... Uh, I have a friend who may have <laughs> mentioned something to me at some point about this particular software, and apparently if you use it correctly, it's quite good. Hmm. <laughs> I've heard. Okay. I just can't imagine. So. It's just making me think like what, how, what it must be like to be a teenager growing up today. A goddamn nightmare. Yeah, for yeah. high school kids because – I don't know. I mean, I, I would, back in the day, you know, it was a, probably a thing with uh, my freshman year of high school sitting around the in the cafeteria and some, you know, beautiful senior walks by and all the guys at the table are like, oh, God, you know, I wonder, I wonder what she looks like naked. I wonder what she looks like naked. Well, now it's, well, let me bring up well, my phone. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> let's give it a shot. <laughs> right. Let's see what, let's see what the uh, artificial intelligence engines have to say about this. And, yeah. And, I just as if the social what, uh, network pressure wasn't enough for these kids now now they've got this it's, right. it's insane yeah right yep yeah I mean at this point mm-hmm. everybody should just take again. a picture of themselves naked and we should start up something called LinkedIn which is like nude in and there you go <laughs> you know it's yeah yeah I've actually there. thought about that if you could you could you basically defuse the bomb by you know, every, when you turn eighteen, you just have you know front facing. All right, turn to the left, turn to the right. Okay, everybody just puts it out there. We normalize that, and it just diffuses all didn't, of the uh, the intrigue and titillation from that. Didn't some celebrity Obviously. female do that at some point where she had been threatened with uh, like we broke into your we broke into your iCloud and we've got your news? Yes. And she just yes. took her took a picture of herself and put it out there and said, "Here you go." 
Yeah, I thought right. it was Whitney Cummings. I that think did you that. might be right about that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, you know, it didn't work because the pictures came out anyways. Yeah, I yeah. think what, yeah. What we need to do is just go here's myjunk dot com and just have everybody sign up. <laughs> hey, the next thing you know, it might become the biggest social network on the planet. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> think about how Facebook got their start. Exactly. Right? So, there you mm-hmm. go. There you go. All right. Well, again, the chuckle I got out of this one was the way the BBC <laughs> was uh, right on brand with their understatement. <laughs> yes. You got, to, you got to love the BBC for their consistency with this sort of yeah. thing. I mean, Absolutely. I swear to God, if nuclear war started tomorrow, it would be like, we have sensed that there are some missiles flying. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, North America uh, is uh, re- recording Gone. higher temperatures than normal this week. Uh, <laughs> yes. Cloudy skies. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, that's what we have this week. Have a safe week. I'll talk to you guys next time. All right. All righty. Ups and doodads. Brian, I want to talk about the iPhone for a second. All righty. This marvel of technology Mm -hmm. that, you know, you can have augmented reality. You can have 3D video games that are better than a console. It's got LiDAR now, so it actually knows where it is in, in space. In all of this crazy shit, a camera that, you know, would used to cost you, you know, $10,000 in all in your pocket. Never-ending political texts from organizations that I have no idea how they got my phone number. Oh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Take the good with the bad. But uh, <laughs> you'd think this marvel of technology here in the year 2020, where we should technically have flying cars, but we don't, you would think that some engineer at Apple would figure out that when you put your phone in your pocket and it's still on, that it should turn off. Dude, I totally butt dialed a friend of mine that lives in Seattle the other day. It's ridiculous. Because it was, it's so ridiculous. I, I don't understand. There is one pair of gym shorts that I wear that seems to basically mimic human skin. So every time I'm wearing those gym shorts and I slip my phone in my pocket, something happens. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, yeah, because, uh, well, I mean, you don't have face ID. So what happens with mine is like, I, as I'm, you know, I finish everything up and I go to put my phone away and my, in my, the face ID picks it up and opens the phone back up as I'm putting it in my pocket and I'm walking around the kitchen, you know. <laughs> cooking up some veggie soup and all that stuff. And I f- realize my thigh is on fire. I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? I pull it out. And of course there's like, you know, random gibberish text to people I haven't talked to in years. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there's, there's one, I, I think I called uh, nitro. Uh, and uh, it has like a five minute conversation with them. <laughs> while he was going. It's just, uh, yeah. You'd yeah. think they would have the pocket problem figured out right now. They don't. They do not. So I, I've made it a ritual to always try to hit that button before slipping it into the pocket, but don't always do it. So I apologize to any friends of mine that I haven't talked to in 25 years who, for whatever reason, I have your phone number in my phone. Oh, thanks, Facebook. Uh, thanks for that. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry for any of the butt dials over the years. Yeah. You got all these people excited. It's like, I've been waiting to hear from Brian for for 20 years. And he finally calls me and then he farts. Yep. Great. And all they hear is me wiping my kid's butt. Yep, fun times. So uh, last week I talked about getting those Bose Quiet Comfort uh, yes. headphones because mm-hmm. uh, they were on sale for two hundred dollars, and I got them, and they didn't do what I needed them to do. But I thought oh, I'll keep them anyway because they're pretty cool, and uh, the sound is amazing on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, but then Prime <laughs> Week came. <laughs> I found a set of the Apple AirPods Pro. And I thought it was AirPod Pros, but it's AirPods Pro. AirPods Pro. Okay. It's AirPods Pro. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I had to go double check that uh, for $200. 
I still had the box for the Bose, so it's like, back in the box you go, Bose. <laughs> and I uh, got my pair of Apple AirPods Pro, which sound just as good as the Bose, but Do without really? the over-the-ear. Oh, my God. All right, Brian, so I got to upgrade. Okay. Dude, they are so good. They are so good. The biggest problem is getting them out of the damn charging case. Mm. They are slippy. They are very, very <laughs> slippy, and uh, they, they don't want to come out. And uh, yeah, but the the sound quality is amazing. I even went with the just the the base nubs that they come with and mm -hmm. shoved them in my ears, and they fit perfectly. Awesome. They're shorter, which is nice. So you look, you still look like a douchebag, but you look like a shorter douchebag. Uh, you still well, have the ear boogers, but you know Tom Cruise better not wear them. He'll disappear. <laughs> Oh God! Well, he can use them as stilts, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're uh, I, the sound quality on them. Yeah, I got to say, everybody that's got them has said, "Oh no, these are really that good." And I'm like, "Yeah, they are really that all right, good. all right." So there goes two hundred bucks. Well, they're two seventy or two fifty normally plus tax. Mm. So keep an eye out for uh, sales coming into the holiday season. All right, we'll look at that. All right, and I picked up uh, Reader Five because I've been using the Reader R E E D E R RSS app for you know forever. And uh, they finally came out with uh, version 5, which is kind of nice because they have some new things in here, which I really, really like. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was a $10 upgrade for the Mac and a $5 upgrade for the iPhone or iOS in general. Uh, so they now have their own uh, syncing service. So you don't have to use somebody like Feedly if you don't want to or one of their you know competitors. Right. Uh, you can do it right in iCloud with Reader right now, which is cool. They built their own read later extension, so you don't have to use Safari or another read later service, which is nice. Uh, that also syncs with iCloud. Uh, they still have Bionic Reading, which I find fantastic. Yeah, no, 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 adding this to the show notes. Skip. And speaking of that, the the best feature that they have in version five is mark as read on scroll. Because normally I would have to, you know, I, there's a thousand things yeah. a day that I'm going through and I'd have to scroll a bunch, read the headlines, and then I'd have to click on it and say, mark all above is red. So I didn't have to go back and find them. Now you can just scroll through it. And once it goes a little bit past the top of the screen, not immediately, but it gives you a little wiggle room. Right. Then it marks it as red and just goes away. It's yeah. perfect. It's like that little tweak is well worth the 15 bucks on its own. Yeah. So cool. That's cool. I'll look into this. Yeah, I love Reader. I mean, it's just great because it syncs on everything. So I've got the same set of news feeds on literally every device around my house. So <laughs> uh, it's it's a good one. It's a good one. And I started to play around with some of this new iOS 14 stuff. Yeah, you know, haven't been bothered. What do you think? I like it. It's kind of fun. I got all my widgets right now. And I've, I learned that you can hide, like you can make a whole page of app icons that aren't in the app library. But if you click on the three buttons and hold it, you know, the little page widget at the bottom. Yeah. Like, or you go into jiggle mode, then you press on the, the little buttons for the pages. You can hide a page so it doesn't show up anymore and then turn it on later. So if you have like a bunch of work stuff, you can just hide it when you don't need it if you're, you know, not in work mode. Right. Or just different, th you know, different use cases for those types of things. So it's just not front and center, but you can still have them and turn them back on later. I hate the app library, but it's nice that it's out of the way. <laughs> uh, but I'm getting, I, I kind of like, you know, went down the rabbit hole a little bit this morning because I was listening to the new Cortex episode and uh, played around with it, got my home screen pretty nice and tight now. So. I'm, I'm happy with it. I do like the widgets and I like the fact that I can just turn my phone on and I can see, uh, you know, right away how my health stuff is doing 
And uh, just I've got four buttons on my my home screen. Now. I got camera, phone, messages, and Safari, and then of course the four along the bottom, right? Which is just uh, you know some reading stuff, Overcast, uh, Audible, and a calendar. It's great. Yeah. I, I like I like that part. I like. I'm gonna have some time in quarantine, so. <laughs> exactly. So this next one, though, I was thinking of the old days when we would sit around with ResEdit in our Macs, you know, yeah. all night long, customizing the look and feel of your Mac and, and just having fun with it. And uh, this, I thought, saw this over at The Verge. Like, this app lets you do custom iOS icons without the shortcuts app, which right. you can, you know, do. it's Launch Center Pro. Launch Center Pro has been around for a while, but they've got this new handy dandy way of changing the icons on your screen for, for di- to different things. Right. You know, you can customize the app icons. I, I was reading it. I was, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I don't have time for that anymore. I, it just gave me a little hint of nostalgia like we used to do. Yeah. And no, it's all gone. It's all gone. <laughs> Do you have that gene in you at all anymore? Nope. Not one bit. Yeah. I think Fresh it's Fresh out of the box. Up. Just works. <laughs> and don't have time for this crap. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Now, 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 let, me, let me backtrack that a little bit. I have made custom icons for all the stuff that I keep on my desktop all the time. Like I have on a your GOG. Computer. Yeah, on my computer. Yeah. I can't okay. be bothered with my phone, but on my computer, I've got a custom icons like for my GOG folder, for my work folder, for, for things like of that nature. So I, I, I have done a tiny amount, but that's as okay. far as it goes. Yeah, I don't even I mean I on my new laptop, I did do like a matrix icon for the hard drive. Right. Because I keep I keep my desktop. Oh, see, I've got the uh, HAL nine thousand light. I had that for a while, yeah. Yeah, Icon Factory still works for, you know, you can still go there and get some pretty good icons, I got to say. Um, but yeah, I just nowadays I don't even keep anything on my desktop right. and everything's I'm, I'm like I've moved almost everything over to some form of the cloud so I can bounce between all these different machines easier. Right. But yeah, no, that just this brought back a little nostalgia. <laughs> and I got a new cover or screen for my uh iPad iPad. <laughs> Yay, baby. This is early. Damn it. My iPad Pro called Paperlike. I saw this from uh, one of Mark Frauenfelder's newsletters, and he was like, this thing is great. It really feels like paper. Um, it's 40 bucks for two of them. And, of course, mine came utterly bent in half and damaged, so I'm in the process <laughs> of, of getting some new ones sent to me. But I put on one of the damaged ones to see if I could, you know, scrape out the dings, which were impossible. But I got to say, what I, it's still on there right now. It really feels good when you're using the pencil. It looks I good. I mean, it feels like paper. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you do lose a little bit of sharpness on the icons and stuff like that because it's it does diffuse it a, a little bit, but I don't mind it. It's actually nicer to look at, I think. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is like definitely the best screen protector that I've used so far. And cool. I've used a bunch. Yeah, it looks cool. I found this one. This is I got a beta notification from Amazon okay. for this. It's called Amazon Explore. Did you get the beta notification for this? I did. I clicked on it and I was like, does this have any interest to me whatsoever? And I kind of went, mm, no. <laughs> See, this is the really weird thing about this. I like it. This could be a standalone business and it probably is a thousand times over. Basically, you can book somebody for a live virtual tour, mm-hmm. you know, in a different part of the world. Like I was thinking about doing the one in Prague because I never got to go to Prague and I always wanted to go. Great city. So you yeah, I know. Uh, our friend Jason Sanderson lives there now. Rat bastard. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to check it out. 
And I looked at the prices. The prices aren't bad. And they're like actual tour guides who are used to giving tours and doing things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can't see you, but you can see them. But you can talk to them while they're going. You can shut up and let them do their tour. Or you can actually ask questions and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think the prices aren't bad depending on what it is. I mean, they, they go from tours to like making stuff to local shopping, which I'm sure that's where Amazon is excited. Yep. But uh, <laughs> it just seems like out of context for Amazon's normal business. But as a thing, it looked kind of cool. So since everybody's stuck inside right now, I wanted to point it out as maybe it's something you can do to, you know, waste an, waste an hour and a couple bucks and see something that you normally wouldn't see by a tour guide who is knowledgeable in the subject and not just some pre-recorded thing. Yeah. Link will be in the show notes if you want to check it out, though. And uh, I don't know if anybody, if everybody can get in the beta or not, but you'll find out. <laughs> find out. Unless they use my key and then I end up paying for a thousand people to go to product. <laughs> I should test that before I put it in the yeah, show Yeah, I might notes. want to. Yeah, give that a go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a, there are some keys in there that may probably <laughs> link to my account. Don't. <laughs> and I did buy one thing on Amazon this week. Well, mm-hmm. one new thing. I got the Taylor Precision Products Classic Series Large Dial Oven Thermometer 5932 Silver for $3.99. That's a good price for that. Yeah, it is. And uh, basically, I needed to calibrate my oven because I, I think a lot of people should do this if you're, if you're cooking a lot and you, know, you may As have an older oven. we all are oven. now. Yeah. Exactly. And you may have an older oven like I do. Mine was like built in the 60s. Uh, and you know, temperatures tend to vary over years and you need to kind of recalibrate. And for four bucks, you can recalibrate it. And, you know, why did I, why does that chicken that I set to 350 take four hours to cook? Oh, because you're cooking it at 120. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well put it in a solar oven. But, uh, yeah. So if you're, you know, if you're cooking a lot, like, like you said, everybody is, this is a good little tool to have handy around the house. And for four bucks, you know, you do it once, like maybe once a year if you notice some drift. And then you can cook your stuff a lot easier and it comes out a lot better, which is yeah. the key. Media Candy. I found this one over at atlasvpn.com, and it's called This is How Much Top 7 Music Streaming Services Really Pay Artists. Yep. I like this one because what they do is they break down how many streams it takes to earn either a median monthly wage or a monthly minimum wage and buy different services. Yep. And it turns out in a – the main reason I put this in here is because this is irony at its <laughs> at its best – the service that you need to be on to earn the most money is Napster. Yep. <laughs> Napster is the one that pays the most, and you can have the fewest streams to actually make a living wage. Is yep. that not funny? It's hilarious. I, it's just, it's very funny. I don't know personally anyone that actually uses Napster anymore, which is unfortunate because, uh, you know, if you want your artists uh, that you love to make some money, that's where you should be listening to them on. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yep. So just in quick order here, it's Napster, then Apple Music at number two, Deezer at number three, mm-hmm. Amazon Music at number four, Spotify at number five, Pandora at number six, and YouTube at number seven. Which is, of course, the most popular place that people listen to music. Yeah, this seems to be, you know, in in in, in, in the wrong you could order. Just, you could reverse popular. the order and talk users. Yep, that's <laughs> kind much. of it. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so I found a not new podcast, but new to me that I started listening to. I started listening to The Infinite Monkey Cage. Um, is that the one with Brian Cox? It is Brian Cox and a British comedian um, that have doubled up to talk about science and science content in an amusing way. Um, you would argue that it is not a podcast because it's also a BBC radio program that they repackage into a podcast. But Rerun. Yeah, there you go. It's a rerun. Uh, it's really great. Uh, I really enjoy it. It's, you know, it's got that dry British humor. Uh, it's got a packed full of science, which is really nice. They get really great guests. Uh, as a good introductory episode, I would suggest uh, the episode about the end of the universe, because not only do you get uh, information from Brian Cox. You mean December? <laughs> yeah, yes. Actually, yeah, it's funny. It came out during quarantine as well. Um, so you get uh, Brian Cox. You also get Brian Green, who is a phenomenal American uh, science writer who talks a lot about uh, theoretical physics. I've read a couple of his books. Uh, you get another theoretical physicist, and you get Eric Idle and Steve Martin. Ooh, it's, nice. Yeah, it's really good. So I highly recommend this podcast. It's it's uh, it's up there with uh, No Such Thing as a Fish right now. I'm just battling between the two. So I'm all British podcast all the time. Excellent. It sounds like an actually good version of uh, Star Talk Radio. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with Brian Cox, he is the British version of Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, but I think smarter and funnier. Yeah. Personally. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I found this one is coming out. It's James May's Oh Cook. Uh, it, you found it? To- I have uh, I've buried in ads for it. Like I cannot open anything without seeing James May's face right now. Oh, see, I haven't. I, I just ran across it uh, uh, serendipitously uh, <laughs> because the, they finally put the release date out. And uh, yeah, it's coming to Amazon Friday the thirteenth on in November. All right. And- uh, you know, I, 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 well, I'll watch it. I need something to watch. <laughs> well, I've got something for you to watch. Apple has launched a new streaming channel, which is just like old MTV. So uh, they need content, and everybody's starting to worry that uh, content is going to be drying up due to pandemic production delays. So ahead of that, uh, Apple has dug into the buzz bin to bring back the forgotten medium of set it and forget it music videos. On Monday, they launched Apple Music TV, a 24-hour curated stream of music videos. It's Basically, MTV is back. So I have not Do they watched have VJs? it yet. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I'm assuming so because uh, they're going to be having video premieres, specials, events, and things like that. They're going to be there's going to be a Bruce Springsteen takeover on Thursday to celebrate the launch of his new album. Uh, so one assumes they have VJs. Uh, I'm going to have to check this out. I haven't launched this yet, but uh, I'm definitely going to take a look, if only just for that nostalgia factor of look. I don't get to pick what I want to watch. Somebody exhume the corpse of Martha Quinn, please. Stat. Yes, get her out there. That'd be amazing. Get them all oh, on. Yeah. Seriously, and it's cool because it's free. Yeah, totally free. Totally free for now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. it's I, th- I think they probably did market research and figured out what anybody's actually willing to pay for a full time twenty four hour video yeah. streaming service. Uh, free is is what they can get because the rest of it's called YouTube. Yes, exactly. This is basically what what Apple has created is a YouTube playlist. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, Star Trek Discovery is back. First episode is out. Uh, No spoiler alerts, but I did mention on our Discord channel that there's something about Discovery that I just don't jive with. Like, I'm into the start of the episode about halfway through. I'm like, "Uh, I should go make some nachos. I just get like really bored. Uh, But I went back and I watched the second half again later and I liked it. I I just Mm -hmm. don't know what it is about the show. Maybe it needs to be a half an hour for me. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed it all the way through. I really did. I thought I thought some of the plot points were a little goofy. Yeah. Yes. Um, like really goofy. 
But uh, I enjoyed it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked it a hell of a lot better than Lower Decks. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, I watched something that I know you will never watch, but maybe some of our listeners might. Uh, Emily in Paris on Netflix. I, of course, did not so much watch this willingly as my wife watched it and I was on the couch. <laughs> uh, but it was cute and clever. It's from the Darren Star who created Sex in the City. Um, it's not as funny. It's not as sexy. But if you need just some brain drain, there you go. It was, <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> pull the cork out of my ear and pour it out the side of my head. Sex in the City wasn't even that funny. If this is less funny I than Sex, in the, Sex city, in the City. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, it was really good. And I also watched something else that you're not going to watch. Uh, being a glutton for punishment, I decided 10 hours of The Last Dance, uh, a story about a sport I don't care about, um, wasn't enough. I decided to watch 10 hours of All or Nothing Tottenham Hotspur on Amazon TV about a team I don't really care about. But it is a sport I like. <laughs> Uh, I watched this one because uh, a lot of my friends in Toronto are huge Tottenham fans and you have to have a Premier League team to like if you live in Toronto. So I guess this is going to be my team. Uh, it's an incredibly well-done uh, docu documentary series. They have this about a whole bunch of different sports and different teams. So there are different soccer teams. They are, there are baseball. There's, there's football. There's whatever. Uh, it's a great documentary series that they're doing over there. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it and really got wrapped up into it. One of the reasons I decided to watch this one wasn't so much the team uh it was the time that they had done it uh they went they followed this football club through the whole season but this was the season the coronavirus hit so i really wanted to see you know the behind the scenes of how a, a top level you know multi-million dollar sports league uh and team dealt with coronavirus so it was really fascinating for that uh if you just want to watch that part i think it's like episode eight you can skip the first seven <laughs> okay yep so really well done i highly recommended The library. Heaven's River, Bobaverse Book Four. You can't read it yet. Because it's but not I a can. book yet. <laughs> it is a book. They just haven't given it to you yet. You got a couple months to wait. Hopefully the, the world will last long enough for you to get a chance to read it because it is very good. Oh good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I was, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect going into it because, you know, they pretty much could have ended it at book three. Yep. But he came up with some really good stuff uh, and good plots for book four. So, cool. yeah, Bob, Bob, the Bobiverse still uh, is going strong. Excellent. Good to hear. All right. Can't wait. Someday. <laughs> well, here's one that I actually had to buy in book form because it's not out on audio yet. Hmm. And it's called Creativity, A Short and Cheerful Guide by John Cleese. Now, it's very funny that he names a book on creativity, Creativity, which is a very uncreative title. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it, it is short, which is really nice. You can read it in about an hour. Okay. Covers all the basics on creativity. I you know used to study creativity quite a bit, and it used to be creative before I grew up and had it beaten out of me. Uh, so yeah, I had to dust off the Kindle for this, and uh, I the nice thing about it is I got my Kindle game back on because I've got my my actual Kindle, the Paperwhite, which I love for reading at night. Mm -hmm. But then I've got my crapper Kindle, which is my iPad that I usually play Clash Royale on. <laughs> then I've got my other Kindle, which is my iPad Pro, which is for when I'm sitting on the couch. So got everything all you know updated and synced up, and it's really nice. I can actually like cook through books now, no matter where I'm at, and it gives me a a reason to read instead of just sitting there playing Clash Royale mindlessly <laughs> for hours. So right. Maybe I'll get through these damn murder bot books now. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and uh, speaking of uh, authors, though, Neil Gaiman, you know, one of my favorites, one of your least favorites, <laughs> uh, 
he was on David Tennant does a podcast with. Okay. And it was a fa- fascinating interview. It was really nice. I haven't heard a good podcast with Neil Gaiman yet. Uh, Tim Ferriss did one, and I thought it was clunky and didn't really get to any good meat. But since um, David and Neil worked together on Good Omens, they had really good rapport. And they, you know, they got to some really good stuff. I really enjoyed it. And David Tennant does a podcast with is a really good show because he gets top level people on there. Yeah. Like, you know, Dame Judi Dench. And right. People, people of that caliber. Yeah. <laughs> and Real folk. Yeah. Yeah, the latest one had uh, Billy Piper on it, which was really fun. So, because they worked together on the second season of Doctor Who. Right. 75th season or something like that, realistically. Something like that, but it was 15 years ago, which is crazy. (laughs) I mean, it just doesn't feel like it was 15 years ago that that, (laughs) that season two came out. But David is uh, up there with my, he's my second favorite doctor. So I I really enjoy his his work. And also he's really good in the new Fright Night reboot. Recommend (laughs) that too. Since this one has made my local TV news, it's probably probably been spread far and wide, but we have to. New Yorker suspends Jeffrey Tubin for Zoom Dick incident. Wow, so we had Ham's Ham, and now we've got Tubin's Tube. Yep, yep. Wasn't it Ham's Hog, though? Oh, Ham's Hog, that's right. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Have to to remember your penis references. Yep, yep. Well, there you go. Uh, You know, be careful with your Zoom calls. Seriously. Jesus Christ. We have to spend seven months of this, Steuben. Come on. I know. Come on, man. Learn to Zoom already. <laughs> oh, wait. You won't need Zoom for a while since you've been suspended. <laughs> Whoops. And uh, this one, this one just... Oh, God. Nuke Bizzle faces 22 years in prison after brazenly bragging about an identity theft campaign in his music video, EDD. I didn't know Duke Nukem did music. No, this is his this is his bastard half brother, Nuke Bizzle. Okay. <laughs> Nuke Bizzle. Or Duke Kaboom uh, from Toy Story. Yeah, so he stole $1.2 million in uh, COVID-19 relief funds from California <sighs> and probably would have gotten away with it. If Except it wasn't he went for out those damn kids. <laughs> if it wasn't for that damn music video Apple TV thing that they put out, <laughs> that Apple... Apple takes uh, down the known idiot. criminal Nuke Bizzle with their <laughs> new video channel. You got to sell cocaine. I just filed a claim. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, this video shows Nuke Bizzle and Fat Wizza <laughs> collecting envelopes from various mailboxes and filing fraudulent claims on a laptop and spending wads of cash. All well, right. at least they're putting it back into the economy. I suppose. Feedback loop. Over at Patreon, we've got Don's husband and Robert. Yes. Thank you very much. Don's husband was too lazy to set up his own account. So (laughs) snuck in and used his wife's account. And over at PayPal, we've got Andrew, Ryan, John, Eric, Nathaniel, Oliver, Michelle, Michael, Tom, and John. Thank you all so much. Over at Twitter, Moss6502 writes in, I've been to the actual Casillo del Diablo in Chile. There are pretty good wines. Ultra cheap Chilean wines are great for Calimoco. Take note on the beers too. And he also sent us a link, booze and Pantone on one link. And this is a Pantone color beer can bottle packaging prototype that I love. I would totally buy that. Okay. (laughs) 
And Radio Teacher writes in, please say it isn't so. How can this be constitutional? Hey, remote workers, think about this before taking a job in Massachusetts. Yeah, this is uh, this is some interesting stuff going on here that uh, kind of relates to tech companies trying to throttle salaries depending on where you're at. Well, states want to get in on the taxation here. Uh, so uh, Governor Chris Sununu of New Hampshire has issued the following statement because the Massachusetts Department of Revenue published and approved a rule that imposes Massachusetts income tax on New Hampshire residents who are working from home for Massachusetts companies. So they're saying, hey, hold on a second. We're going to take this to the Supreme Court. I'm not so sure about that. To be honest, I can see both ways. <laughs> you're, you're kind of using Massachusetts infrastructure and whatever to work for a company. So you should probably be paying some tax in for that, even though you're not physically living there. This is a brave new world. We're really going to have to figure this out because, uh, you know, we, we've had this issue. Uh, if you tried to work outside of the country for a long time, there's you should see tax codes. They're, they're insane if you're working outside of a country for a different company. Uh, now we're going to deal with it with states. Everybody wants to dip their beacon. So let's sort it out. Well, shouldn't the corporate taxes cover that? You'd think, but who pays corporate taxes these days? That's for suckers. It really just is. ask, so, uh, just ask Duke Nukem. <laughs> so Sununu made a no, a no, no. Yep, that's or, right. Do you think it's? Do you think it's right that? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. Let's. I want to see the arguments on it for both. I'd like to see Massachusetts reasoning behind this. Mm -hmm. So I want to see why they think this should go. And uh, I'll make my decision from there. Over at GOG.show, Vincent writes in, can you ask Mr. Bittner if downloading a 4K video of some lewd furry action is of concern? HEVC and executables. I remember you've talked about this before. And there's a link over to Tom's guide. And then he also asks, what's your media player of choice on Mac? Uh, I use Elm Media. I use VLC. There you go. I used to use VLC, but I had problems playing a bunch of old AVIs that I had, which uh, El Media had no problems with. And yeah, well, if, you know what you do with the old AVIs? You run them through Handbrake and turn them into actual movies. Yeah, except, you know, I just need them once in a blue moon. And yeah. his last question is, what are your plans for Halloween? I killed a pumpkin and made soup from its innards and offals. Welcome season of the Indoor Witch. Uh, I will be in quarantine for Halloween, so there you go. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get some candy. We have some... Uh, some outfits to wear with the kid. We'll run around the house. We'll hide candy in the house, and that's about it. We're gonna do. We're gonna turn Halloween into the fucking Easter Bunny. Apparently, that's funny. Yeah, I just i uh, I will be keeping the decorations up. I actually just ordered a six foot tall uh, skeleton unicorn with a pink uh, mane on it. So that will be going up today in the front yard. Yeah, we have a we have a nine foot Grim Reaper over the gate right now that everybody stops every day and takes selfies with. Um, which infuriates the dogs, obviously. <laughs> so I uh, didn't think too much about that one. But uh, yeah, we're just decorating and trying to make the place a little more spooky festive. But yeah, nothing else. Other than that, when uh, when sunset comes, we turn off the lights and pretend we're not here. Right. Because we don't want, you know, children of the COVID wandering <laughs> our streets. <laughs> Alex writes in, hi, guys, just a quick suggestion. You were complaining about not having enough sponsors lately. Have you considered doing affiliate programs? You could make ads on products you like and point people to affiliate links. When people purchase that item or service, you would earn a percentage. This, of course, works if the affiliate commission is high and if you have quite some traffic. Just an idea. Hope it helps. Well, Never thought of that. GOG.show slash VPN. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and get your, get your private internet access on. <sighs> Sleep too little, writes it. Let me start off by saying my worries are over about being able to continue with my monthly PayPal donation. My wife is working again. She got a job 1.7 miles from home at a site IT for a lithium plant. We got rid of a lot of subscriptions, but I refuse to give GOG up. I'm sorry that the show is going to once a week, but we all have to make a living. You two have inspired me to go back to school to wear custom-made tinfoil hats, use one password, and make time in my 10 hours off of work 
a day to read books. Sorry, Jason, but I save the listening for podcasts when I'm driving semi-trucks from Charlotte to Atlanta and back to North Carolina for the other 14 hours in my day. I just wanted you two to know that being you reminded me that my kids are adults now and I can do what the fuck I want and what I want is not to drive this damn truck every day. Thank you. Stay <laughs> healthy and keep on grumping. Thank you. Sleep too little. Yep. Keep on trucking. Put the yeah. hammer down. Sleep a bit more if you're driving that truck around. <laughs> get, get a self-driving truck. <laughs> then he go. doesn't have a job. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you can be a self-driving truck mechanic. <laughs> Brian writes in, I remember hearing past listeners asking about good resources for getting started in cybersecurity. Thought I'd recommend this YouTube channel I recently came across, and it's called Cyberspatial. Link to that will be in the show notes. I came across this site after hearing about the channel creator on the Sands Daily podcast. If someone wants to dig into the channel creator's credentials, this paper should allow them to infer plenty. And... Uh, yeah, this will give you a headache. Security analytics and intelligence. Zeke log reconnaissance with network graphs using Multigo case file. There you go. Mm, yep. Yeah. Right, well. <laughs> well, you sounded like you were getting a little hot and bothered there. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Multigo. Well, I like you know, a... <laughs> Dave and I like to put on our furry costumes and have our own podcast talking about cybersecurity every now and then. So there you go. I am the Lord of Multigo. Kneel before me. <laughs> And Jesse writes in, this article is yet another example of bias in healthcare algorithms. And this is a link to statnews.com. From a small town in North Carolina to big city hospitals, how software infuses racism into U.S. healthcare. In one case examined by Stat, the algorithm scored a white patient four times higher than a black patient with very similar health problems, giving the white patient priority for services. In a healthcare system with limited resources, a variance that big often means the difference between getting preventative care and going it alone. Yeah, that's a problem. And Quibble writes in, I'll just leave this here. Proprietary grapes come with draconian end user license agreement. <laughs> yes. I love this article. They say they did Eula to a grape. Yes, they did. <laughs> so uh, thank you, yeah. Monsanto. <laughs> they put uh, the recipient of the produce contained in this package agrees not to propagate or reproduce any portion of this produce, including but not limited to seeds, stems, tissues and fruit. Read the Eula on a bag of Carnival brand grapes posted by Twitter by user tube time so yes if you purchase these grapes you can eat them but that's it yes i wonder if you're allowed to use the poop that you've crapped out as fertilizer i was thinking the same thing <laughs> i'm like what if i poop in my garden because you know i can't afford we live in a third world country and we don't have plumbing anymore yes. and i you know i go fertilize my garden with you know my my san franciscan man poo and up grows a grape yes. is, is that uh is that still considered fair use <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, as the article points out, uh, we've got Monsanto, which has patented a whole host of proprietary seeds. Uh, this has happened, and there's actual solid legal basis for this sort of license. So it's uh, sad but true. This is the world we live in. If a grape variety here is subject to a patent, buying the grapes at the store doesn't necessarily entitle you to grow new ones. But, I mean, seriously, there's no grape police. Yeah, yeah there is. It's fucking Monsanto, man. Well, you can't turn you around and sell the shit. But you can grow them for yourself. So, yeah. Anyways, there you go. Uh, Vincent writes in, all your voice are belong to us. This is a link from The Verge. Sony will let PS5 owners record their voice chats and snitch on fellow players. So this came with the latest 8.0 update that got a, a, a notification informing that Sony had the right to record their voice for moderation purposes moving forward. So based on Sony's language, it doesn't seem as if Sony is actively listening to all of your conversations you're having with your pals, but uh, they now have the right to do so should they want to. Yeah, this seems like actually a good idea. It kind of does. Yeah, because there's just so much, so much trolling and bullying going on in those voice chats where it'd be nice to be able to say, ah, I have proof of that now. Let us let us uh, 
you know, send this person to the video game police yes. and see what comes of it. So. Accidentally sent it to the grape police. Not sure what's going to happen now. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Mike writes in, gentlemen, first off, saw Jason's medical update on Twitter. Keep it up. Great progress so far. Secondly, I'm sure you'll get inundated with notices about the New Zealand Deputy PM's press conference this week, but here's a link anyway. Actually, you're the only one that sent it, so... Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is the New Zealand deputy PM tells off COVID conspiracy theorist. Sorry, sunshine, wrong place. That's, That's amazing. Cute. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yay. And Mike says he's going to start referring to morons as sunshine from now on. And Brian, not sure which area of the greater Toronto area you're moving to, but unless it's the East End, maybe give that move north another six weeks or so, if you can, to let us get the numbers back down. We've had plenty of sunshine in the under 40 <laughs> crowd the past month. Great job, guys. Thanks for doing what you do. Yeah, I follow. Uh, obviously, I have a lot of friends in Toronto and I see their posts on social media. I know that they're going into a, a level two lockdown again, but uh, they're going into a level two lockdown with far, far less cases, uh, even by uh, by uh, by average than than we have here. So even in the level two lockdown in Toronto, and I'm in quarantine for two weeks, anyways, uh, I still feel a lot safer in Toronto than I do in Los Angeles. No shit. <laughs> so uh, Barrett writes in now, if only Twitter would actually suspend Trump himself, and this is the link to the Twitter suspends Trump campaign page after a post about Biden. Um, there you go again. Uh, then he also says, what the fuck, Facebook? Over the last few days, even with FB Purity installed, I've noticed posts by people I've either snoozed or unfollowed showing up in my newsfeed. Same thing on mobile. I'm also seeing posts from friends to their friends who I don't even know, birthday wishes, etc. I think it may be time to finally bail from Facebook. Well, let's see. And I guess we'll just call them hard thingies then. And this is a link from <laughs> I fucking love science. Hilarity ensues after software used by virtual paleontology conference spans the word bone. This was classic. This is classic. This is classic. But it, this is also user error. They, they, the whoever set up this conference should probably have turned off uh, the the banning words bit. Yeah, so, turned off child mode. Yes. Whatever. So yeah, it filtered a whole bunch of things. Uh, after uh, my personal favorite was Heck Creek for Hell Creek. Uh, they couldn't use hell, bone, ass, pubis, sexual crack, damn, and beaver. Uh, not all of them would be a problem in this, but uh, they do occasionally find pubis bones with cracks in them. So they could not definitely say that. And I love what they call this problem. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but oh, it's yes. called the Scunthorpe problem uh, because uh, the word cunt is in there and AOL banned people from Scunthorpe, England for registering for accounts because they couldn't type in their city name. Yeah, that's, that's, one, from the, that's one from the archives there. <laughs> Anthony writes in, I support your decision to make one episode per month. My God, if we could only do that. <laughs> That would be great. That would be awesome. <laughs> Once a week. I've uh, been listening for about four years now. Keep up the great work. Get business back in the black. Well, we'd like to get it in the black, not back <laughs> in the black. <laughs> I've tried to recommend your podcast to family. However, I'm the only tech fan, so it didn't stick. P.S. To the guy who recommended not advertising CBD because of service members, believe me, we know that we can't take CBD or any other drugs. So what's your point? Throw a little shade there. Uh, yep. And over at iTunes, we have a five-star rating from Jay Tothrome. And it says, don't die, Jason. Okay. <laughs> so work on that. I've been a listener to pretty much every episode for a couple of years now and really enjoy the show. I'm sad to hear that they are only doing one episode per week now. I understand, though, and I am pulling for Jason to stay alive. Come on, man. I also, <laughs> like when, I also love when Dave comes on the show to talk about security. We really don't talk about security that much anymore with Dave, no, to be honest. <laughs> yep. Same also when Dave's coworker filled in for him. Y'all should have them both on more often if possible. Anyways, keep it up, y'all, and stay alive, Jason. He is very concerned about you. Your, your imminent death 
I know. It seems like he's more concerned than I am. I'm like, <laughs> fuck it. God. Uh, Diablo writes in with a five star. Funny, irreverent, and informative. And since I have a little bit of dyslexia when I first read that, it's, I thought it said funny, irrelevant, and informative. I'm like, I'm like well, right both, on. Of actually, both of them actually kind of stick. This is one of the two or three podcasts that I always make time to listen to every week, even during the pandemic. Despite no longer having the commute plus walking that was my dedicated podcast time, the two co-hosts of the show do not suffer fools gladly. Their down-to-earth reviews of tech, tech leaders, and the horrible economics of startups are always fair, honest, and relevant, and frankly funny, even when they're castigating some wannabe tech titan. Obvious. Occasionally, some politics creep in, but real-world politics do affect tech, and in my opinion, it's an appropriate amount. Regular contributor Dave Bittner with CyberWire and many other awesome InfoSec-related podcasts contributes to the Great Security House segment. I also enjoy hearing from the occasional guests like Seth from famous NYC photographer, video and audio store Adorama. I always feel more informed about tech news, tech in general, and even if I disagree with their opinions, it's still an awesome show. Jiminy cheapers, I didn't know you could make an iTunes review that long. Well, I thought they had a Twitter limit on that. Guess not. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Diablo. <laughs> and we got a follow-up uh, for the four-star rating person that said we were the only actual podcast that they listened to, and we wondered why it was a four-star because of that. It's been revised to a five-star. You guys are awesome, making complete fun of everything that is happening, provides some form of sanity to my life. I accidentally clicked four instead of five. Screw iOS 14. Well, thank you very much, Real Epicenter. <laughs> yes. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a five-star and snarky review. And if you're still on the Overcast player, which I think 90% of you are, please click that little star next to the episode. We're really falling down in the rankings. You guys have been slacking. Hit them stars. Closing shout out. And my shout-out goes to the dude, Jeff Bridges, who has uh, come out with his diagnosis with lymphoma. Uh, but he seems to be upbeat about it and thinks he'll be able to pull through. The dude better abide. He, be he better. Yep. <laughs> he better. And I suppose my shout-out is to the L.A. Dodgers, who managed to pull out their series with the Braves and win in pretty spectacular and very exciting fashion. Uh, before I get my hopes up too far, I, I just want to say that this is just what they do to me because they do get my hopes up too far and then they crush them. So we'll <laughs> see what happens this week. Go Dodgers. Yeah, no, don't go Dodgers. Yeah, go Dodgers gently into that good night because they hate Los Angeles just as much as the Lakers. I, I would Thank like you, to, super spreaders. I would like <laughs> to prove that the uh, that baseball fans might be a bit more genteel or certainly lazier than basketball fans. And I'd like to think if we do win the World Series, we will not riot. That would be nice. I'm sorry, but if you have watched the local news, you have seen how many people that are packed into places cheering and on the streets and going, woo, woo, we're in the World Series. I'm like, oh, God. God I hate those people. Do, do you not? I, I've been a Dodgers fan my entire life. Do you not think I want to be at a bar watching this game? Of course I fucking do. I stay at home and do it alone by myself. Sad for you, fuckers. Yeah, maybe they're not worth it. No. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. This show is a labor of love, but your support keeps us going. And if you like the show, please visit GOG.show slash donate to help us out and we'll love you forever. Or visit GOG.show slash shop and pick up some good old-fashioned swag. And if you can't do that, then please just tell a friend. Word of mouth really helps keep this show growing and uh, we, really do, we really do appreciate it. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 480. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, buy our swag, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy and stay alive. Stay alive.
know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.